Hi, and welcome to The Boobie Girls, a podcast from two friends dedicated to answering the age-old question, which was better, the book or the movie? And I'm Hannah. And if you want to hear more from the Boobie Girls, we are on Patreon. All you have to do to become a patron is go to patreon.com forward slash the Boobie Girls. And a quick shout out to one of our patrons, Katie. Katie. Who I know is a big time Harry Potter she fan. Is. So this is big news. <laughs> she is a Potterhead through and through. Yes. <laughs> and this week we are covering Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Harry took up a lot of time in my life this this week with this book. <laughs> like, I felt like I was, like, cheating on Boyfriend Ray. Because I was just like, sorry, can't hang out. Gotta sorry. talk to Harry. Gotta talk to Harry. It was a lot. It was yeah. a big it, it's, one. Uh, well, they, they're going to keep getting longer. I know. I know. <laughs> um, I titled this one Potter Stinks. Ah, I like you it. <laughs> All right. So the book was originally published July 8th, 2000, and it's written by J.K. Rowling. It has a Goodreads rating of 4.6 out of 5, and it's 734 pages. Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the movie came out in 2005, which is the year I graduated high school. Oh, wow. Fun fact for you. Um, and it's rated PG-13, which is the very first PG-13 of the Harry Potter. So we're getting darker. <laughs> um, and it was two hours and 37 minutes long. Um, they actually, there's a lot of criticism. We'll go through this a little bit later that they actually wanted the director to split these into two movies because oh. the book is so long and we'll talk about it. They had to leave a lot mm-hmm. out, but he decided to just do a longer version of the movie, which still isn't the longest movie. Right. Which is interesting. Uh, on that note, uh, the movie is directed by Mike Newell, who this is a new director. He mm-hmm. is director number three. three. <laughs> um, and this is his only Harry Potter movie. So we will get another new oh director next <laughs> next movie. Um, he also directed uh, Four Weddings and a Funeral. And he was actually only, um, he was only offered a million dollars to do this movie. Comparatively to Chris Columbus, who got $10 million plus a percentage of the gross, the gross when he directed the very first one. Wow. So I'm like, I don't know how you even... A million dollars seems like nothing. What if he was like an up-and-coming director? Like, he wasn't that big. I don't think he... I mean, he did Four Weddings and a Funeral, which is like a pretty well-known True. movie. Um, so I don't know. Maybe he just wanted to do it for fun. Yeah. Who knows? Um, M. Night Shyamalan was actually considered for this movie as well to direct it, which he would have shyamalan it up a lot, which would have been interesting, but yeah. I'm kind of glad that didn't happen. Right. <laughs> so the IMDb synopsis reads, Harry Potter finds himself competing in a hazardous tournament between rival schools of magic, but he is distracted by recurring nightmares. Hazardous. Hazardous. <laughs> You're going to have to help me a lot with some of these names and school names because this was a tough one okay um a lot of curses a lot of charms well it's funny that you mentioned that because i i half read half audiobook to this one Mm -hmm. and the way that the the certain guy that i was listening to certain things were pronounced very differently than what i'm used to hearing and what the movie actually says so i was like um i'm just gonna go with what the movie says (laughs) i couldn't imagine trying to audio like be the voice of this these books yeah it's incredible they're they're very talented yes <laughs> so some fun facts about the book the novel won a hugo award and it's actually the only harry potter novel to do so and that was in 2001 what's a hugo award it's a great question <laughs> let's google it later okay <laughs> sounds prestigious <laughs> and this book like we mentioned it's pretty sizable it's actually almost twice the size of the first three books so it's pretty it was hefty. hard like not only is it long 
But like my arms got tired. I yeah. just tried, like it's hard to find oh, a good for sure. position it's with he- a book that big. It's heavy. Rowling even states that like she knew from the beginning that this was going to be the longest of the first four. Um, there was just a lot to cover. Did so. you feel like there was some stuff in here that maybe just did it need to be in yes. here? <laughs> <Okay>. 100%. Great. <laughs> the book actually had a few working titles while she was writing it. Um, the the different ones were Harry Potter and the Doomspell Tournament, Harry Potter and the Triwizard Tournament, and Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. She ended up going with Goblet of Fire, saying, quote, I preferred Goblet of Fire because it got that kind of cup of destiny feel about it, which is the theme of the book. That's interesting that you say that because I was act while I was reading it, I was like, why is this called Goblet of Fire? Right. Like, that's such a small part in this entire movie. Totally. Um, Triwizard did, Tournament would have made more sense. Yeah, but I actually like, I think the name Goblet of Fire sounds like cooler. Cooler, yeah, yeah for sure. I get it. And then lastly, Rowling also admitted that the fourth book was the most difficult to write at the time because she noticed that there was a giant plot hole halfway through writing it. Um, in particular, she had trouble with the ninth chapter, The Dark Mark, which she rewrote 13 times. Wow. Yeah. Which, that's a very important chapter, so I get it, Um, but yeah. 13 times. That was chapter 13? No, chapter 9. Okay, I was going to say, that was like, (laughs) it's even (laughs) earlier on in the book. That's that's crazy. I wonder how long it took her to write write this book. I don't even want to (laughs) know. So, the movie has an 88% on Rotten Tomatoes, so it's still about par with the rest of mm-hmm. them. Uh, the budget was $150 million and it grossed $896 million, so again, right around par. Um, a lot go- went on in this movie, <laughs> like, in terms of, like, what happened with, you know, when it was shot. There's a lot of different characters, so bear with me here. It's a little lengthy. (laughs) Uh, So this movie was nominated for Best Achievement in Art Directing for an Oscar. Didn't win, but still cool to be nominated for that. Um, Like I said, they did, they uh, were in discussion to make this two books or two movies. Um, But that like we were just talking about, the director was like, there's a lot of subplots that are just bulky and don't Mm -hmm. need to be in there. So he gets a point for me on that. (laughs) I wonder though, like there's very few series books and movies that get split into two movies at the like in the middle you know it's right. always the last Usually like twilight's the last, the last mm-hmm. one and i think i don't know hunger games might have been too yeah so, mocking j part one and two yeah, yeah so but never in the middle so right. that would have been interesting if they would have done that um one of the one of my favorite scenes in this is when emma watson gets her cinderella moment mm-hmm. <laughs> well people say so, some people say cinderella some say beauty and the beast because she played Belle <laughs> later <laughs> on um she actually fell down the stairs during one of the take oh in one of the gosh. first ones because she was so nervous to like wreck the dress <laughs> that she ended up falling which was that's so hermione of her i know right <laughs> so there's obviously the yule ball the kids actually had about three weeks of dancing practice however um daniel ratcliffe had so many scenes in this movie that he only got four days to prepare for the task <laughs> which i read further on they were like it actually ended up kind of working because he's clumsy and he's right. supposed to not be a good dancer but you can definitely tell that he is the worst dancer he's out very of all like of them. rigid the whole time right <laughs> <laughs> one of the things that did get um did get cut out of this movie are the house elves. Mm -hmm. Um, Dobby and Winky are pretty big parts in the book, um, but due to time constraints is why they ended up taking them out of it. So I had wavering thoughts between it. Um, Yeah. I I mean, I could have done without Winky, but like 
Dobby is one of my favorite characters yeah. in this entire series. So like, I was actually I shocked to... reading these books for the first time mm-hmm. when, cause I'd seen Goblet of Fire a few times, like how much Dobby was in this. And I was like, wait, he's not even in this yeah. movie. So I thought that was interesting. Um, I don't know if you noticed this. I definitely did. I have it <laughs> in my notes. Um, Daniel Ratcliffe actually matured physically a lot in the middle while they were filming, filming this movie. <laughs> um, the director said that one of the very first takes that, they had of him he looks very kind of similar to what he did in the, in the first three uh-huh. um and then by the end he looked like a completely different person and you can kind of see it in when he goes into the swimming pool with Moni oh, Merle yeah. like I'm like okay <laughs> like you got like he has muscles like you can tell but right. and you got I mean working with kid actors it's gonna happen right. but <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> so if you ever watch it again yeah we'll well I will don't worry <laughs> Um, the underwater scenes were actually, was the largest set that was ever constructed for these movies. The capacity of the water was 500,000 liters, which is roughly 132,000 gallons Wow, of water. It's a, a lot, lot of, water. of water. Yeah. So, and it's not a huge, I mean, the scene's not that long. No, but I can imagine it would be difficult. Yeah. Very, <laughs> on the same note of... The water scenes, um, Daniel Ratcliffe actually suffered two ear infections while doing the underwater scenes. Poor Harry. <laughs> I know. Um, okay, so this is kind of a long fact, but I, I this did jump out at me um, when I was reading and watching this this title. The At the Yule Ball, in the book, there's supposed to be a band called the Weird Sisters mm-hmm. that are performing. Well, in the movie, it's like these guys, and they don't say the name of mm-hmm. who they are. They just kind of perform. So the rock band at the Yule Ball was actually comprised of members of Pulp and Radiohead. Um, in in the run-up of the movie, a Canadian folk group called the Weird Sisters filed for a $400 million lawsuit against Warner Brothers um, because in the, mo- or in the book, they're supposed to be called the Weird Sisters, and that's what they were going to call them in the movie. Mm-hmm. So they ended up... <laughs> but they So... The, the film company, they're like, all right, we'll just change like how it's spelled. <laughs> but at the end, they ended up just taking out the name completely because they didn't want to deal with it. Um, and the Weird Sisters ended up not getting any money and they threw it. They threw the case out. Oh, wow. So. But then why are they guys? Like, were they girls? I can't remember if they were girls. They don't really say in the book if they, they don't were really girl say, members, but right? it, like if you watch other like Sabrina the Teenage uh-huh. Witch, they have the weird sisters and it's like three sister witches. It's just kind of something that's in that gotcha. that realm. Yeah. Um so in my eyes I thought that they were girls, so yeah. I'm not really I sure. I didn't realize that there were members of Radiohead in, in the Yeah. In the group. <laughs> I mean when I was watching the movie I was like, wow, they are going a lot harder than I thought they would be at home. <laughs> that is one of the most jarring scenes because you it know is. it's like out of nowhere the, the volume just like goes up like ten notches. <laughs> yeah, it's very strange. Um this movie is actually the only one that does not contain Hermione casting a spell. Huh. Which is interesting because she's usually the spell queen. Correct. But she's busy teaching Harry <laughs> how to do everything. Um, and then lastly, um, another scene that got cut out, or I, not really scene, but aspects of a scene, is the maze scene at the end of the film or the end of the tournament. Um, and there's in the book, there's creatures that mm-hmm. come in and out. And there's a sphinx at the very end of, towards the end of the maze. They had actually um, casted Grace Jones to be the voice of the Sphinx, but they ended up not being able to do those scenes because they were over budget. Why do I know that name? Grace Jones? Yeah. She's a very, very, very famous African-American supermodel. Oh. One of the first. 
Interesting. Yes. Okay. Yeah, she um kind of in the Vogue era, I think I could be totally wrong. Okay. But like I'll look her up. Yeah, she's like a <laughs> she's like an idol <laughs> in the modeling <laughs> world. <laughs> um so the cast of this movie, um, uh, we meet a lot a lot of new characters, which ironically enough, they pop up in this film and then they pop up at the last film. Mm-hmm. Like cause everyone comes to comes <laughs> everyone's together. rescue. Yeah. So it's important to know some of these characters as we go along. Um, so we'll go through the, our first three champions that we get introduced to. We'll start with, obviously, Cedric Diggory, played by Robert Pattinson. Um, we know him better, or most people know him better, as Edward Cullen of Twilight. We covered um, the movie The Devil all the time that he was in. Um, eventually, we'll, we will be covering Water for Elephants that's he, that he's in, and he's going to be the new Batman Crazy. Which I am so excited for. I still don't know how I feel about that. It's going to be great. And I've said that from the beginning and everyone is not on board yet, but they will be. I personally think that this movie is his best work. <laughs> this yes. Well, it's so funny because I think, I don't think I saw this movie until after I saw Twilight. Oh, really? So it was totally like opposite for me. Yeah. So, but it was kind of fun to like see him in it. Yeah. Um, He's just really pretty in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... His first on-screen role was a small part in the movie Vanity Fair in 2004, so this is one of his first films. Um, but he ended up he ended up getting cut from that film, and the director never told him about it. And he even showed up to the premiere, and they <laughs> oh, no. thinking he was going to be in this movie, and he got completely cut out. Well, the director felt so bad and guilty that he was the one that actually she told him that he should um, go audition for Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. And he ended up getting it. <laughs> and that so, probably was kind of a catalyst for, for I mean, some other roles. Prob- for him, most I mean, likely. I would think so. Cause I think Twi- I don't, I don't remember when Twilight came out, but it's definitely after this, but it was, yeah, I, I mean, I was in college when it came out. So, I mean, it would have been within the 2005, yeah. 2009. Realm. Like I said, he did such a good job in this movie. That I they mean, were like, there we need you to go. Cast him. <laughs> <laughs> um, he did have to learn how to scuba dive for, for this movie movie which i guess in the in the underwater scenes yeah. interesting yeah he did say in an interview that he would much rather play cedric diggory again despite knowing that the character was going to be killed off than play edward cullen ever again in the twilight song yes <laughs> so that's my guy <laughs> don't know why i think i don't know i don't know if he didn't like it or just didn't like the fandom behind he it is annoying in the twilight series i'm sorry and I know that that's what the character at like calls. It's, yeah, we'll obviously get to it when when and if and what not if when we cover Twilight series. But it's just this is much better. This yeah, he seems more relaxed thing. and more like himself. Yeah, but I also think he's very um, theatric. Actually, after watching him in The Devil all the time, I'm like, I feel like he's more like artsy and yeah. into stuff like that. And I think Twilight took him completely out of his comfort. Well, zone. and he was the main mm-hmm. attraction in that movie, right. as opposed to this, where he was kind of like a side character. Right. So. so, but he is an underdog. No one wanted him to be Edward Cullen, which for whatever your opinion is, I still don't. Um, want him and to people be- also don't want him to be Batman. So, and he's gonna do a great job. Mark we'll my word. <laughs> um, the next champion is Fleur de Clore. <laughs> Fleur de la Cour. Yes, that. Um, and her real name is Clemence Posse. Yep. There I you don't go. know that one. Um, she's from, fa- from France and she's a supermodel. 
Um, she was in the movie Tenet and was in a couple episodes of Gossip Girl. Uh, she kind of gets written out quite a bit in the movie than she was in the in the book. I was fine with it. But I did like reading her lines in the book. How <laughs> they did, they made it very French. Yes. Her and Madame Maxine. <laughs> yes. But I thought she was fine. She was yeah. what the character She's very needed. pretty. Yeah. Uh, the next one is Victor Crumb, played by Stanislav Yavinsky. Um, he doesn't, he's a, also a director and producer. He hasn't been in a lot of things, but he is from Bulgaria. So I did like how they kept Floor from France. Mm-hmm. She was from France and he was from Bulgaria. Yeah. So, um, he actually recently posted on his Instagram with like a bunch of Harry Potter stuff and he's so much older now. That's um, weird. <laughs> I know it's very strange. I'll have to find it and show it to you. Uh, one thing that is kind of funny though, is that like in the movie, he's like this big buff dude, yeah. kind of what I think a Victor Crumb should look like right. in the book. He's described as like a really skinny guy. Yeah. He's like, like tall and lanky almost. I don't really know why they did that. Yeah. Cause that kind of a name definitely like words, like a big Victor Crump from Bulgaria. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I, I like that they made that change in the movie yeah. to make him look the way he was. Uh, so Alistair Mad-Eye Moody, um, is the new, the fourth defense against the dark arts teacher that we get. Um, and is played by Brendan Gleason. He was in cold mountain, the Smurfs two and Beowulf. Um, his son is also an actor, Brian Gleason, which I think he, he's been in a couple things that I've known, but mm-hmm. an acting family. He's actually the only person that plays a teacher in the films who was actually a teacher beforehand. He was an English teacher oh. and an Irish teacher for like 10 years before he started acting. So I was like, well, he's a very different type of teacher yeah. in, in these films. Um, but they did say that he wore a wig in while they were filming this to conceal all the electronics for his magical eye. Uh-huh. So the eye was a little wonky behind the scenes secrets. Yeah. The eye was a little wonky for me. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's described, well, we'll get into it, but like he's described much more scary in the book. than He likes missing part of his nose. Yeah. It's and... very weird. But I feel like the eye was, was up to par with what, what I envisioned in the book. <laughs> It was just, like, very much of a plastic eye. Like, I would have liked a little more, like, realistic, weird eye, I guess. How would a real realistic eye, like, see through the back of its head? I don't know. And I also don't think they had, like, the contraption around his face Mm. that in the book. Yeah. Anyways, I thought he was... Thought he was good. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Madame Maxine, who is uh, the headmistress of... Bobatins. Bobatins um, is played by Frances de la Tour. She's actually only 5'7". What? Yeah. I thought she was going to be at least a taller. I mean, I guess that's a little above average. I mean, that's how tall I am. Yeah. So, um, which is funny because in this movie, she plays presumably a half giant or a full giant. <laughs> um, and she actually played a giant in the movie Into the Woods as well, uh, which I thought was funny. Considering, that just again, thing? she's only 5'7". <laughs> right. So um, she was actually also on Broadway for the... She was actually on Broadway for The History of Boys that she won a Tony for as well. And she was actually supposed to be in Love Actually and then got cut out at the oh, end. So interesting. But I liked her. I thought she was, yeah. I thought she was great. She's what that character needed. Yeah, her <laughs> hair is a little different than what's described in the, in the book, but I mean. That's okay. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it worked. Uh, the next character is Barty Crouch Jr., I didn't do Barty Crouch because he kind of didn't get, he didn't have as, we'll talk about it, but that character did, yeah. was not as involved in the Correct. movie. Um, but he's played by David Tennant, who 
I know from the series Jessica Jones. He's the bad guy in there. Um, but he's also famously known for being the doctor in Doctor Who in the TV series for years. Um, and then he also was Scrooge McDuck in the DuckTales reboot. <laughs> cool. Um, we'll talk about it in a little bit. The whole thing where he like licks, he almost is like a little frog mm-hmm. tongue thing. Not in the book. Not in the book. Not in the book at all. Um, and also that, a dead giveaway. Dead giveaway. <laughs> which, I mean, I don't think when I first watched the movie, if I would have caught on to yeah. it. But um, but that was something that I think he just came up with on site. Oh. Uh, so it wasn't something that was supposed to be there. But again, dead giveaway. I don't know why yeah. they felt they needed that. <laughs> uh, next person, who I could, I could have talked about a long time ago, um, but is Lucius Malfoy. Mm-hmm. So it's played by John Isaacs. Um, he He's the bad guy in the movie Scoob that just came out. He's done a ton of voice work, but has also been in some really big titles like The Patriot, Black Hawk Down, Armageddon. Um, so yeah, he's kind of got a huge resume. Yeah. Um, the long hair was actually added <laughs> to his character. Mm. It's not described. He doesn't have right. that. They said that it was to differentiate him from Malfoy, but I was like, One's an adult and one is a child. Right. So not sure why, but the long hair makes him look so much more sinister, as you would say. He said in an interview, he said, I went off and read the books after the audition and I read all four books in one sitting. You know, didn't wash, didn't eat, drove around with them on the steering wheel like a lunatic. I suddenly understood why my friends, who I thought were slightly backward had been addicted to these children's books for so long. They're like crack. So he gets it. Yeah, he gets it now. <laughs> and he was like, that. oh, I auditioned for this character that's in like every movie. Right. I should probably like want to yeah. be this character. I love him. I think he's so handsome and he, he, he plays is. this role perfectly. Yeah. I loved him in this. I loved him in these roles and the roles he's had been yeah. before. So, uh, oh, to go back real quick. Uh, that is Draco's dad. Yes. <laughs> if no one understood what we were talking about. <laughs> Uh, Cho Chang is played by Katie, uh, Lang Loon. I feel bad. I don't know how to pronounce these, these names. Um, she is kind of Harry's love interest mm-hmm. in this movie for the most part. Yeah. She kind of comes and goes. She's his crush. Yeah. She kind of comes and goes throughout the storyline. Um, but she beat over 3000 girls, um, to make her debut as this character. Um, and Rowling actually said that she insisted that an actress, um, plays this role who was completely unknown. Her dad and her went to this audition on a complete whim. She had never even been in a play at school and was like, Hey, let's go do it for fun and beat out 3000 girls. That's crazy. Um, (laughs) I mean, her role doesn't really like call for much. So, but still, um, she's actually been in a lot of TV series since, um, but she ended up going to train at the Royal Conservatory of Scotland. Wow. After this. So interestingly enough, um, we know there are some crazy Harry Potter fans out there for better or for worse. And unfortunately, Cho or the girl who plays Cho, Katie, she got tons of hate after this. What? Like people were mad about that. She got put as, as this person Mm -hmm. for this role. They also just didn't like her character because she kind of doesn't go but i'm like that's not the girl's fault right um she said this kind of stuff is inevitable because <laughs> dan has stole so many female female hearts uh, millions of them so she wasn't surprised um but she said that it was m- mostly based on jealousy that she thinks and yeah. their preconceived notions of who cho was yeah so i was like that's really sad fun fact i never had a crush on harry or daniel radcliffe no. i don't know who, who no. did but good for you um <laughs> 
but then she did say, she goes, um, if this turns out to be my one and only film, I think it's pretty cool that I got to be Harry Potter's first crush. Totally. <laughs> so I like that her. on your resume. I like her a lot. <laughs> the next character is Rita Skeeter. Can't say that name like forever. Um, but it's played by Miranda Richardson. And I think it's funny that her name is Skeeter because um, what's her name in the help? <laughs> play her life. oh yeah her name Skeeter. is Skeeter and she's a reporter whatever yeah. and there's no relation um she was also in fred claus chicken run and the 1999 version of sleepy hollow um the johnny depp version i don't think that was 1999 oh 99 i think it's a 90 no 1999 she was actually approached to play um the glenn close role in fatal <laughs> I'm like, that's a huge movie. I mean, I, I get you guys. Well, and also, like, ground. you got replaced by Glenn Close. Right. <laughs> right. Um, someone else that was was up for this role was Rosamund Pike, who was in Gone Girl, <laughs> who I don't, could not have seen in this role For the all. Rita Skeeter role? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. No, um, but she ended up, uh, she ended up uh, declining it. So, and Rita Skeeter is like the nosy reporter yeah. in these stories. So she has a lot bigger of a role in the book, like most people mm-hmm. do in here. Um, but she's fine. Yeah, I, <laughs> she was annoying enough, but not to the point where I just like wanted to slap her. Right. <laughs> um, okay, the big one, Lord Voldemort. Yes. We finally he comes to life. Woo! He's back. <laughs> is played by Ralph. Finis? Finis? Uh, I think it's Rafe Fines. Rafe. Oh, you know what? I did see where he was like, yeah. one of the quotes that he always uses is, it's Rafe. Yeah. It's Rafe Fines. It's spelled Ralph. <laughs> he, he can say how he wants his name pronounced. That is fine. But uh, someone who is t- trouble talking, it looks like it's <laughs> Ralph. Anyways, um, his full name is Rafe Nathaniel Twilston Weakenham finds. Wow. Yeah, he has like 18 names, so he doesn't help me in any of this. <laughs> um, has some pretty big films under his belt. Um, he <laughs> including um the <laughs> or the recent Holmes and Watson movie with oh. uh with uh those goofballs. Yep. Oh my gosh, I'm totally blanking. Will Farrell and oh, yeah, what's yeah. his name, which was a total bomb. Yeah. Um he played Alfred in the Lego Man Batman movie, which is one of my favorites. I love it. <laughs> um, but was also in Great Expectations, Clash of the Titans, The Hurt Locker, and Schindler's List. So Lego Batman and Schindler's List. He's good. He's he's <laughs> he runs the gamut. <laughs> yeah. Um his nephew actually played Tom Riddle in these ah. films, which is very funny. As because he was the young Voldemort, right. which makes it even more you know, in the family. So he was actually very reluctant um, to play the role of Lord Voldemort in this film. Um, In a TV interview, he said that he was very unimpressed with the three previous Harry Potter films. And apparently was, (laughs) he was not wanting to be in these movies because he just didn't like them. Um, But however, I guess the director ended up showing him like some art, pieces of what this movie was going to look like and showed him some pre-production concepts that he actually talked him into playing this. And he's like, yeah, okay, I'll do it. He probably thought the first three were like too babyish. He's like, yeah. I need something more realistic and like yeah. dark. So, I mean, which this is where this storyline really takes like the darkest totally. turn. Um, <laughs> and so one of the big things that, you know, is Voldemort doesn't have the uh, nose at all, but he actually isn't wearing any makeup to cover his nose. They actually end up taking that out um, digitally to make it even look scarier, I guess. Um, One of the big 
controversies is that he's supposed to have red snake-like eyes, mm-hmm. which he doesn't in the film because he, he felt that he could be more expressive with his own eyes. That's fair. He's sure. not wrong. No, he's very good in this. He's this. He is fabulous. Slow clap, man. Like yeah. he, yeah, he fabulous. kills this role. And his scenes in this movie only took him two days. What? Two days and he's done. I mean, granted, he only has that one scene. So. Right. But still, like, it's just crazy to yeah. think. Um, and that's kind of it for the characters I wanted to go over today. Um, I would have gone over Mr. Bagman, but he got completely written out of the movie. Like Bagman who? <laughs> like literally Com- nowhere in the movie. Way more than per- poor Percy did. <laughs> and this true. guy is throughout the entire book. Yeah. So kind of crazy. We'll talk about him. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Time for what does this spell do? You ready? I was trying to pay attention while I was reading this movie or reading this book so I could ace this. We got a combo. I I got some from the book and then some from the movie. So hopefully that'll help you. First one is Akio. That is like trying to get something to come to you. Yes. It's the summoning charm. Akio Firebolt. Exactly. (laughs) Which I have a, (laughs) I have a note about that for the first task. Ah, okay. (laughs) Uh, Next one is Ascendio. That is... I don't know. <laughs> to throw something at someone. <laughs> uh, it's a spell you can cast to uh, to fling yourself higher into the air. Oh, so you Harry, ascend. Yeah, so Harry used this in when he was underwater to ascend mm, himself out of the water, got basically. It. Um, and then last is Impedimenta. That one is the one where if I do it to you, you have to do everything that I'm telling you to do. Incorrect. Damn it. <laughs> That is the Imperious Curse. Damn it. <laughs> um, impedimenta is the, it hinders the movement of, of whoever you um, cast it on. Mm-hmm. It either slows them down or it stops them in their tracks. Just because it wasn't in the movie, I wasn't paying attention. Well, you said you were I reading studied, the book. I studied the the curses that aren't allowed. Okay, the well, unforgivable we'll, curses. We'll get there too. <laughs> uh, all right, next up is who said it. First one. Come now, Harry. There's no need to be scared of getting into trouble. We all know you shouldn't really have entered at all, but don't worry about that. That is so vague. Right. It could be I was getting too. I was getting too easy. Going too easy on you. Cedric. Mm. Rita Skeeter. Oh jeez. <laughs> all right. Next one. Cheating's a traditional part of the Triwizard Tournament and always has been. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, Bagman. Uh, Crouch. Mm. Uh, that's all I got. Moody. Oh my gosh. They're all trying to cheat the whole time. <laughs> the last one is, in the light of Lord Voldemort's return, we are only as strong as we are united, as weak as we are divided. Dumbledore. Yes. Wow. I went two for six. <laughs> two for three. Oh. No, between the spells and this, I went. <laughs> yeah. That was a pretty bad one. It's okay, though. Yikes. You just got to pay attention more. Yikes. <laughs> Not in a 734-page book. You can't blame me. Fair enough. Next up, we've got F. Mary Kill. Uh, your choices are Barty Crouch Jr., Voldemort. Oh, my God. And Victor Crumb, because by the end of the movie, the final challenge, he is 18. <laughs> Great. You gave me some really bad options here. Um, I'm going to kill Barty Crouch Jr. because he just he's kind of a... Really bad guy, I guess. Mm-hmm. I compared will... to Voldemort. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know. These are all horrible options. Um, I will drink from Crumb's Goblet of Fire. 
Okay. And I will marry Voldemort because if he's going to be like Lord, I guess that makes me a Lordess. It's a lady. It's a lady. A Lordess. Not a Lordess. <laughs> I will. Um, I really should make my decisions before we actually start this because I, 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 now I'm stumped. Because I'm so persuasive on my answers. No, not at all. Okay. <laughs> um, I will, I will drink out of Voldemort's Goblet of Fire because have you seen him? <laughs> I don't, I'm not convinced there's anything under the robe. I think it's just arms and a head. That's all you ever oh see. Oh God, that would be hilarious. <laughs> um, I will. Plus I'm... I can't unsee baby Voldemort. No. Okay, well, that... We're... So creepy. <laughs> we're talking about, like, a grown okay. adult Got Voldemort. Okay. Um, I will marry Victor, because he seems nice. And um, I will also kill Barty Crouch Jr. Not because he's the worst, because Voldemort's the worst. Crumb, but I don't crumb. like the little... The licking, licking thing. tick um, thing. Crumb is a lot more um, sweet in the book than he comes across in the movie. Yes, he's very like stoic and like like mm-hmm. angry looking in the movie yeah. <laughs> at all times. He's just looking for love in the book. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here we go. So the opening of the movie is pretty similar to what happens in the book. It's like the one thing that stays. Um, <laughs> it's this scene. It's this dark scene. And there's like an old man. He's the caretaker. And he goes into a, he's looking at a house. You don't get any of the backstory. Zero of backstory. Any of this, but um, he's looking at a house that he's taking care of that no one has ever, or hasn't been in for a very long mm-hmm. time. Um, but he sees the lights go on and he hears voices. So he goes over there and he's trying to see what's going on. He sees a man talking to somebody or something in a chair. Um, and we see, N- is it Nagini? Nagini. Nagini, the snake, is slithering, slithering around. Um, yeah, I see what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then all of a sudden they, they know that he's there. So he does his little, what's his thingy? Avada Kedavra? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and kills the old man. So sad. So sad. Um, but then they wake up and it's Harry having a dream. <laughs> Yeah, was, very different. Uh, well, not very different, but we do get a backstory on mm-hmm. Frank. Um, we do learn that it is the Riddle House. Right. Who is Tom Riddle, who is w- Lord Voldemort. Um, and we actually get a longer drawn out conversation between Voldemort yeah. and this caretaker before. So in the movie, he immediately does the, the Avada Kedavra, but we actually get some dialogue between him and, and Voldemort in the book. Not that it's really anything. He's just kind of like... I'm going to report you. And he's like, I'd like to see you try. <laughs> right. <laughs> they also mention, though, in the book, there's another character that's gone missing. And I think they mention her at the very beginning of in yes, this as well. Um, Bertha Jorkin, I believe. Yes. And not to mention, in the movie, we see Barty Crouch Jr. in this scene. Yes. In the book, he is not there. They make mention of him that he's already off doing whatever task that he had asked him to do but he's not in this scene in the book in the book yes so actually quite a bit different i guess so yeah (laughs) Yeah, right off the bat and it's very very quick Mm -hmm. um you know and so but harry wakes up at the burrow at Mm -hmm. the weasleys we don't get the dursleys at all in this movie this is the first movie we don't get the dursleys how happy were you i mean i was fine with it (laughs) Like, we need to change it up a little bit. Um, There wasn't too much that had happened, really, when he was with the Dursleys in the book. A little bit. So Mrs. Weasley writes to the Dursleys to mm-hmm. ask him if, he, if if Harry could go to the uh, World Cup, uh, the Quidditch World Cup. And um, the the best, one of the best parts of this bu- book is um, Mr. Weasley, Ron, Fred, and George 
come by flu powder to get Harry, but because oh, yeah. they boarded up their their chimney, they get stuck in the wall. That's funny. <laughs> so it's actually a really that. funny scene. Um, and then we we get our first um, inkling of Weasley's wizard wheezes, um, which is their little uh, tricks and and candy thing because they play a prank on. Um, Dudley, which he deserves. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. And Mrs. Weasley, she mails that letter and just just plasters it with stamps. Yes, because she, she was not sure how many stamps were necessary. <laughs> so, yeah. So that, that might have been one of the better ones to show, but they didn't. I know. They didn't. That one didn't make it. Um, but they end up waking up very early to go to meet Amos and Cedric Diggory because they are headed to the World Cup of Quidditch. This whole part is so fast forwarded yes. than it was in the book. Uh, but they get to what is called a port key, which basically is like. If you touch it, you go to like a different place. Yeah, it's 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 a it's meant to be an item that's like can be a throwaway item, so muggles wouldn't necessarily go looking for it or, or touching it. But yes, um, once you touch it, you get transported somewhere else. Yes. So they get transported straight to the Quidditch World Cup. We don't get any background kind of how the port they use the port keys so the muggles don't get suspicious that right. they're all going somewhere like in normal transportation. So I mean that all of that gets cut out which you don't fully need it. Um, but yes, yeah, so now we're at the Quidditch World Cup. I love this scene. I'm glad they made, they kept this in there. But you see rows and rows of these little tiny tents. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you walk into it and it's like this giant house. So cool. It's so, and Harry goes, I love magic. Like, Me too, Harry. Me too. <laughs> um, but so they end up, they're walking into the Quidditch World Cup and they run into the Malfoys. And Draco makes mention that he's going to be in the minister's box and the Weasleys are going to be way up high. And this is very important because that is not what happens in the book. Correct. So um, Arthur Weasley actually gets really good tickets from Ludo Bagman um, to be in that same box. So the Weasleys, Harry, Hermione are all in the same box with Cornelius Fudge, the Malfoys, Bagman, and a bunch of other people. Winky. It's like it, it, Winky, the elf. It's basically the place you want to be. So I really hated that they changed this because so much of these movies, like they always like bring the Weasleys down. And it was like the yeah. one thing they finally got was like this cool experience. Yeah. And like, no, you're up in the rafters. Yeah. They, <laughs> and I felt like that's how they, in the last movie too, when they won that trip to all that money mm-hmm. into Egypt, they kind of just brushed over brushed it. Over yeah. it. Um, so anyways, we get another thing that's quite a bit different. The match is about to start. Uh, the Irish come in. It's the Irish versus the Bulgarians. And in the book, there's these big, huge entrances Mm -hmm. from the, from the country's mascots. Yes. The Bulgarians have the Vila, which are basically these, these women who, um, cast this like weird energy out to basically I, I make, want what they have yeah make guys like fawn over them and think that you know <laughs> yeah just they should be jumping out of their seats to literally come be basically killing themselves to be with yes. them um and then uh rightfully so the irish have the leprechauns <laughs> yeah so in the movie we just get we get like fireworks in the shape of a leprechaun yeah. and the bulgarians just have crumb come out <laughs> <laughs> and they have him they start chanting his name um and so we don't get any of the quidditch match in no. the movie uh there's actually quite a bit of detail of what happens during the quidditch match yeah. and how the weasleys had made bets on it um come i mean the irish still win yes. um but there's no 
in, in there's the, no description of it. In the perfect example of I, I always say, just because you grab the snitch doesn't mean you win. That happens here because the Irish had mm-hmm. enough points that even though Crumb got the snitch, the Irish won by 10 points. <laughs> I mean, here's a point that Boyfriend Ray made, and I'm totally for it. If your team is not up by more than 150 points, why are you catching it? Are you just not paying attention? Well, they do say it in the in the book that they were up so much more than the Bulgarians. It was like, we're going to lose either way. Might as well end the, the match. This is the Quidditch World Cup. You're not just <laughs> like, nah, we're done. Have you seen some football um, Super Bowls? Like, at a certain point, you're just kind of like, okay, we're, to- we're tossing in the towel. Never. <laughs> never. I would have never. <laughs> uh, but they get back to the tents after the match, and it's just like complete mayhem. Mayhem. And everyone's kind of running around and um, Arthur Weasley's like yelling at them, you know, get back to the port key, get back to the port key. Um, in the in the book, they like run to the forest. Yeah, they run to the forest. Um, they they kind of get separated, but it's Harry, Ron and Hermione, the trio are together. They actually see Draco in the woods and he's like, oh, you'll be next, Mudbloods, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. The thing he always says, um, because at this point they have seen Death Eaters, um, mm-hmm. which are um, Voldemort supporters who wear like cloaks and, and cover their faces. Um, so they run into the forest and then at one point Harry realizes he doesn't have his wand anymore. Um, then they see a, a mark in the sky, which ends up being the dark mark um, that Voldemort supporters put out there. Uh, they, the people from the ministry come and they try to figure out who it is. Long story short, they find Winky the elf in the forest. Winky is actually um, Barty Crouch Sr.'s elf, uh, which is a big deal because he has his he has Harry's wand next to him and it, it basically, for all intents and purposes, looks like he was the one that conjured it. So it was a big ordeal. Barty Sr. first thinks that it's Harry for whatever reason, which is similar mm-hmm. to, to what happens in, in the movie. But yeah, much different uh, scenario th- yeah. that takes place. Because in the movie, Harry gets split from the rest of the group, mm-hmm. which doesn't happen. Um, and then everything is just really destroyed. And there's a dark mark in the sky, which is kind of how it happened in the book. However... There's no accusation of who did it. Right. They're all just like, we don't know who did it. And Harry does see uh, oh, they do. a shadow of a, of a man um, right before it, it gets conjured. Um, he obviously doesn't know who it is, yeah. but that's what he's like. Oh, he, that guy went over there. Yeah. Go after him. <laughs> yeah. So I guess I, I should say Crouch does accuse Harry and Hermione and all of them, but there isn't this big drawn out. With the elf, there's none of that, how it happens in the book. Um, And that's kind of how that scene ends in in the movie. And now we're on the train to Hogwarts. So we're like getting straight there. Um, It's not what happens in the book. No. (laughs) What happens at that point? Uh, In the book, they actually go back to the Durs or they actually go back to the Weasley's house for the night. Um, and then they, they get word that there's, you know, Arthur, oh, Arthur gets word you're right. from the no, ministry. They, act- they actually stay at the tent that night. That's and right. And then go back. Yes, yes, yes. They go back to sleep and then they go back to the Weasleys before they, they head over to... Um, and um, something important to note, uh, at the Weasleys' house is Bill and Charlie Weasley, who yes. we don't get in the movie. Right. As well as we've... If you're reading the book, at this point, you know that Percy, who used to be a prefect at... School. At school mm-hmm. is now working for the ministry. Correct. And again, uh, Percy gets totally taken out. Yet again. again. Yet yeah. again. Barty Crouch Sr. is his boss in yes. the book. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're on the train to Hogwarts. Um, Harry makes eyes with Cho over the 
treat cart. Anything <laughs> um, from the trolley. <laughs> uh, Harry's scar starts hurting, which is really the first mention of the scar mm-hmm. in the in the movie. In the book, it had been mentioned way earlier. Um, and Harry ends up sending a note to Sirius at this time from the from the train. Mm-hmm. Uh, another character that got completely written out. I am so sad about is Pig. <laughs> Pigwidgeon. Pigwidgeon gets. <laughs> Didn't get his tie. I know. Pigwidgeon is Harry, or sorry, Pigwidgeon is Ron's new animal because, as we all know, Scabbers is, is no, no more. Longer. He's a human <laughs> now. Um, so, yeah, Pigwidgeon is, is Harry, or Ron's owl, but we don't get him at all. No. So, he ends up writing Sirius this note, you know, letting him know what's kind of going on. Sirius does not have a very big part in this movie compared no. to in the book. In the book, Harry writes him multiple times um we'll get to it there's a whole chapter where he comes back he is taken out quite a bit i don't really know why that is right i'm not sure either who knows uh so they're back at hogwarts now and (laughs) right off the bat i mean again this all gets fast forwarded so quickly um we see the flying carriage just coming in yep um in the book it kind of happens a little later in the year like Dumbledore, once they get to school, tells them all of this is going to be happening. Yeah. Um, but he mentions yeah. that they won't be coming in until October. Yeah. I mean, and it's it's important to note in the book, the Triwizard Tournament is like all year long, mm-hmm. which it is in the movie, but it's never mentioned about how much time between these tasks. We're supposed to are. infer that by the changing of the seasons. I mean, I guess, <laughs> but it's so like, you know, the mm-hmm. time and the dates are, are so predominant in the book. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this big horse-drawn carriage gets flown through the sky. Um, the boat appears, like the big pirate ship of boat or appears in the lake, which I actually kind of really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, in the book, the entrance is kind of different. Like they're not, they're like out, the Hogwarts students are like outside watching them all come, enter. Come in. Yeah. Another big thing is Bo Batten's in the book is a girl, a school for girls and boys. Right. So a little different. Yeah. In the movie, it's a completely <laughs> all girls, all girls school. All girl school. Yeah. Um, so in the movie, Dumbledore tells them about the Triwizard tournament and then in walks, both schools and like you said though it's all girls mm-hmm. they're almost like the vilas yes you know in the in the um plot or um spoiler alert uh floor is part vila yes in the book <laughs> in the book yes <laughs> in the in the movie not it's not mentioned <laughs> who are vilas uh, yes um but that's where we get introduced to madame maxine um as well as igor who is the head guy at drags some Durmstrom. Durmstrom or whatever. <laughs> um, and they come in and Victor comes with them and they all, you know, ooh and awe over him. Um, and then at this point, this is where Mad-Eye Moody uh, comes in. Mm-hmm. I think in the in the book, he actually came before the schools came. Right, because technically the schools didn't come at the Til start later. of the year. Yeah. Uh, but yes, we introduced that he is going to be um, the new defense against the dark arts teacher. He used to be an aura, or aura for the um, for ministry. Azkaban yeah. or the ministry. Which he was a it's a dark dark magic catcher or something. Yeah, something he catches the bad guys. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we do see that he is drinking from a flask. A lot, mm-hmm. which I'm like, all right, you look a little rough. You look like you've been through some things. <laughs> um, and then this is where Mr. Crouch comes in and he tells them that no student under the age of 17 can enter. They never mention in the movie that this tournament used to be played years and years mm-hmm. ago. Yeah. 
they used to play it like was it every f- couple years or right. so and it was held at different different schools. schools but it got so dangerous like kids were dying every year so they thought by making it them older to enter that mm-hmm. this would help out yeah clearly it didn't Important to note, too, and obviously we'll talk about him as we keep going, but Ludo Bagman, who I mentioned earlier, who was uh, who is the head of the Department of Magical Games and Sports, is really the one that kind of leads the charge in terms of the Triwizard Tournament. Right. In the movie, they switch it to Barty Crouch Sr. Right. Um, and we also, in the same scene, get to see the Goblet of Fire for the very first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a lot bigger in the movie than described <laughs> in the book. In the book, I mean, it's like just like a little like drinking cup. I would hope so. The <laughs> book and the movie are named after it i know like i mean it looked great in the movie but yeah. in the in the book it's very uh sounds very underwhelming yeah. well i liked in the movie how it did like a transformation and it turned into yes. the goblet like at first it's just like this weird like dresser type thing yeah well in the book i think they even say that they just put it on the stool that they use for the sorting hat that's ceremony right. that's <laughs> so right. it's very like not extravagant um but to end this scene we see igor karkaroff Parker? Yeah. Parker? Yeah. Um, we see him entering the room with the Goblet of Fire and closing the doors. Mm-hmm. I guess to throw us off you our got scent, it. <laughs> but then they throw it in your face of what's actually going on later. Uh, so now we're in the Defense Against the Dark Arts class. So this is Moody's very first class. Um, and he's teacher number hard. four. <laughs> he's teacher number four. Um, but this is his very first class and he, go, he starts the bang. Yeah. He goes through the three unforgivable curses and basically says these, if you do these to somebody else, it's your one way ticket to ask a man. Mm-hmm. Would you like to go through them? Sure. So Ron mentions the first one, which is the imperious curse, um, which is what you thought I was talking about earlier. Well, it gets confusing because it's called the imperious curse. But then when you actually set it on somebody. Imperio. Right. Yeah. It's something else. That's right. so. <laughs> um, so basically this spell does, um, it, it allows the person who casts it to control the person that they um, put the spell on and make them do everything, whatever they want. Next up, Neville mentions the Cruciatus curse. Um, the, the incantation is Crucio. Uh, that's the torture curse. Plain and simple. It is what it is. And the last curse is Avada Kedavra, which we've already talked about, which is the killing curse. Uh, the difference between the book and the movie, Hermione actually names the curse. Whereas in the book or in the movie, she's too scared or too like timid to do it. And mm. um, Moody just does the incantation. Um, another thing to mention, I'm just going to mention it here. Uh, they actually practice the Imperious Curse during school um, because Moody wanted them to kind of get a feel for what that would feel like to be yeah. controlled. And he tries to control Harry and Harry actually um, finds a way to block it and, and um, make sure that he actually doesn't get um you know, controlled, which is interesting. But, and so in the movie, which is what they do in the, in the book as well, he does these curses on the spiders Mm -hmm. in the book. It's just one poor spider in the, in the book. He does it on three different spiders. Um, but he does, when they talk about the death curse, he does say that there's only one person who has ever survived that curse and that, that it's Harry. So very important to note. Um, but after this class, Neville's very, very upset Mm -hmm. which in the book we we find out exactly why they kind of mention it very briefly in the movie later um but neville's upset uh after this class so moody tries to he takes him aside to try to cheer him up he goes well come to my office Mm -hmm. we don't find till a little bit later that what he ends up giving him to cheer him up uh so now we get a scene of the goblet of fire and people are starting to put their names in uh everyone's cheering everyone loves cedric (laughs) 
He put he's our boy. In. He's our boy. Everyone really loves Cedric. Uh, Fred and George try an aging potion to get them through the uh. age line. Uh, and it didn't work. No. And he gives them these really white beards. And they said that this is one of the only scenes where um, Fred and George actually have a physical altercation. <laughs> and they let them just like go when they were acting. That's awesome. Um, Crumb comes in and puts his name in and also makes eyes with Hermione. Makes eyes is my is my thing. Is my theme. Making eyes. Everyone's making eyes yeah. with each other. Um, <laughs> Finally, some like hormones and right? like attraction. Yeah, I know. Uh, so, but now it comes to the champion selection. Victor Crumb is is chosen. Fleur is selected, and Cedric Diggory is selected. And dot dot dot. Harry Potter is selected because he can't be excluded. No, uh, Dumbledore is pissed. Ron is also pissed. Um, and really everyone is just pissed and annoyed. Um, there's actually quite a bit more in the book. Like everyone's really upset about this. You get the fact that people are upset, but I mean, they don't go into detail about why Ron is so upset, but Ron in the book, they talk about how he's like, you just have to be involved in everything. Right. He's extremely jealous because he's always known as Harry Potter's best friend and Harry always gets the glory and it's just really sad. It's sad, but it comes to a part in the movie where I'm like, okay, Ron, like you're fine. (laughs) Like chill out. (laughs) Um, But Harry, you know, claims that he didn't put his name in there. Um, But they did say that, you know, since his name was pulled out that he is, you know, contractually obligated. <laughs> Contractually <laughs> to, obligated. Can, yes, that, uh, to compete. So here we go. But now they're in Dumbledore's office, uh, kind of talking about all this. And we get, <laughs> I call it in my notes, um, Dumbledore's sink thingy, because I can't remember what it was called. It's called the Pensieve. Yes, that thing. Uh, it's like this little sink thing where Dumbledore dumps all of his memories into. Mm. That doesn't come into play till way later on in the book, um, but we get a little taste of it in the movie mm-hmm. um, at this point. But after that, uh, Harry comes out and Ron is basically trying to explain to him that he's mad because Harry didn't tell him that he put his name in. So again, Ron is just being Ron. <laughs> Leave him alone. <laughs> um, but at this point in the book, we get a whole nother chapter called The Wayne of the Wands. Yes. Which gets completely cut out of the movie. Yes. Yeah, so before the um, the cha- the first challenge begins, uh, Ollivanders, who is the mm-hmm. um, wand maker from uh, Diagon Alley, comes into the school and does a weighing of the wands, which basically is they need he needs to check to make sure that the wands are up to par and that there's no, like, you know abnormalities with anybody's wand mm-hmm. so it's fair and square so yeah they do this whole like cute little i just love that all vanders came out yeah. back into the picture <laughs> uh but the next thing in the movie we get introduced to rita skeeter terrible um <laughs> because she's there because they're doing like a like a photo shoot yeah. of the of the champions um but she says that she writes for the daily prophet she's awful she basically just writes whatever she wants to write. Uh, but she takes Harry into this little broom cupboard. <laughs> she, she tells him he should feel right at home, which is yeah, terrible. I know. Um, but then there's this little magic quill that just basically writes out everything for her. Um, I was a little upset that we didn't get more of the stories that she wrote about. Mm. It's such a big part in the book. Um, Cause there's like three or four different articles that come out by her. Like one is what, like accusing Harry of, like dating Hermione mm-hmm. and also like yep. 
Another big one is um, a story about Hagrid and the fact, well, we'll get to it, but the fact that he is half giant and kind of his, you know, backstory, which I was a little bummed that we didn't get because like, again, Hagrid is another great character um, that I wish we had more of his, you know, his, his upbringing and where he's from. Well, and like the good character um, observer, Dumbledore like basically kicks her out in the book and is like, you're not allowed on the ground. And somehow she's in the book. She's still finding out this information. So it's like this whole, you know, Mm storyline throughout the book about how is she getting this information that we end up finding out later in the book that, She's an animagus yes. and turned herself into a beetle. <laughs> and that's how she's getting all her information. Genius. <laughs> so I, I was a little upset that we didn't get more of that. But I mean, I understand if they were didn't want to put it into two movies. Yeah. Things got to get cut. Um, something that that we finally get to see, though, is the owl, owl, owlery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where the owls sleep. But I love, I was, I've been waiting for this yeah. because they mention it so many times throughout the books. Um, but it's where all the owls sleep. So um, and um, this is where Harry gets a note from Sirius and it tells him to meet him in the Gryffindor common room um, that night so he can talk to him. And this is also right about the time that Rita's first article comes out and they read <laughs> that Harry misses his parents so much. <laughs> and so that was where we got our first article of her being over the top. <laughs> uh, not, not good journalism, by the way. No. So the next thing we get is Harry goes back to the Gryffindor common room that night and Sirius comes from the ashes of the fireplace. <laughs> he rises like a phoenix. <laughs> yes, but doesn't fully rise. He right. kind of simmers. Um, but he warns Harry about Karkaroff and Barty Crouch and saying that they were both... Um, that they both might be up to something and that Crouch actually banned his own son to Azkaban. Um, and he tells him to keep his friends closer. Uh, yeah. Keep your friends close. Mm-hmm. Um, and ironically enough, at the same time, Ron comes down and <laughs> is just being a little twerp yeah. to Harry. Um, Cause Harry won't tell him what he's actually doing. So uh, the next thing we get though, is Harry is with Neville. And this is where Neville take tells him that uh, when Moody was trying to make him feel better after his class, he ended up giving him a book of the magical water plants. Um, and they're down by like the river and Harry's like, cool. Like, I don't care. I don't care. It's <laughs> I don't, all about me. I don't care. Um, but then Ron comes down with Hermione and Seamus and they're doing this stupid like telephone love game. It. And I love it. And Herm- Hermione's like, I'm not an owl. <laughs> I'm not talking for you guys. But <laughs> it's basically that Ron wanted to tell Harry that Hagrid told somebody else that he wanted to talk yeah. to talk to Harry. Um, that doesn't happen in the book. Not and at all. I, I love that it was just something very small that they added that I yeah. thought was that was kind of good. It was a cute one. Yeah. So Harry heads down to see Hagrid and Hagrid's all cleaned up. He's brushed his hair. He's got a flower. Yeah. <laughs> and he, you know, in the, in the book they talk about some like I don't know, it was like aftershave or some kind of musk <laughs> yeah. or whatever. Um, but come to find out, he's all dressed up because Madame Maxine is coming down. Um, but he takes him into the forest and shows him the dragons and tells him that this is going to be your first test. And also mentions that the horn tail is the absolute worst. Yes. But also figured that Ron would have told him by now because Charlie is there. Correct. Who is Ron's brother, who is a dragon tamer. <laughs> 
It's exactly what he yes. is. <laughs> he works with dragons. Yes. Yeah. So um, this scene is quite different in the in the book. Um, well, not this scene specifically, but how how we get here. Um, the trio is actually in Hogsmeade um, at some point, and Harry is under his cloak. But Mad Eye Moody ends up seeing him through his cloak. He goes over to him. He's like, "Oh, that's a cool cloak." Um, <laughs> Which Harry, like, it alarms to Harry to be like, oh, crap, he can see me. Um, most people can't. And then Hagrid comes over and he himself tells Harry, meet me later. Uh, I want to show you something. So that's why it's a little different. And as you mentioned, Charlie is there with the dragons. They have a little bit of a uh, conversation. Um, and then on his way back from the castle, uh, after seeing these dragons, he actually uh, accidentally runs into Karkaroff while under the invisibility cloak. And uh, he obviously scares Karkaroff because he's like, who was yeah. that? <laughs> so a little different. Um my event planning background had so much anxiety when I was thinking about these dragons. I'm like, these poor people have been planning forever for three for three champions. They had three <laughs> dragons ready. They, True. you know, and then all of a sudden they're like, hey, we need a fourth dragon. <laughs> and like, how many times event planning were, did we yeah. have to like audible like that? Yeah. <sighs> Clearly it worked. They got it. I mean, yeah, everyone has a spare dragon around. <laughs> Uh, so now they're kind of back to normal school life and <laughs> this is where the buttons come out. Mm. The, the, these magical buttons that one side says Cedric Diggory for president or something, mm-hmm. <laughs> something along those lines. And the other one, or then it spins and it says Potter stinks. <laughs> <laughs> so great. Um, but really all this, the entire school is turning on Harry They're You know, they think that he's a fraud for putting his name in and that they're, he's taking away Cedric Diggory's, glory right and really the hufflepuffs like come on they really don't get much the hufflepuffs never get anything it's the first time (laughs) we get something and freaking harry and the whole thing is like he harry gets upset in the book because cedric keeps bringing up the fact that he beat him in quidditch one time i'm like yeah let him have it let the (laughs) hufflepuffs have it i don't know if you know but this book series is called harry potter no not cedric diggory (laughs) Could have been. You would have been fine with that. Yeah, probably. I would have actually preferred Ron Weasley. Yes. Um, But at this point, Harry ends up running into Cedric or goes to find Cedric and tells him about the dragons. They don't fully under, they don't describe in the movie why he tells Cedric this. He, in the book, he tells, he tells him because he knows that the other two know. So he's like, that's not fair if we all know, you know, like the noble Harry is. Mm -hmm. Um, But of course he runs into Malfoy at this part and he's running his mouth about God knows what. Um, And while Harry's turning his back to leave, uh, Malfoy tries to curse him. Mm Mm-hmm. And Moody is not having that. He's like, you do not try to curse someone behind their, with their back turned. Mm-hmm. And he turns Draco into a ferret. So great. <laughs> and in the, in the movie, uh, he actually climbs down into, I think it's Goyle's mm-hmm. pants, <laughs> which doesn't happen in the book. But no, was, but great, great addition. Yeah. Um, but McGonagall shows up and she's pissed. <laughs> she's like, we, we don't turn students into a ferret. <laughs> Party pooper. <laughs> uh, but I was happy that they kept that in the movie. Um, so now we're in Moody's office and... And we walk in and we see this giant trunk thing Mm -hmm. and you hear a scream, which having read the book, you know what happens, but I'm like, they're just trying to give this away at this point. Um, but it doesn't he, even say like, you don't even want to know what's in there. Right. Like, don't pay attention to that yellow elephant in the room. Like what is happening? Um, but he tries to help Harry at this point, um, beat the dragons. And Harry's just basically like, I don't know how to beat a dragon. And he's like, play to your strengths. 
And he's like, well, my strength, you know, the only thing I know to do is Quidditch. And he was like, I don't have my broom. And he's like, but you're allowed a wand. And now we're at the first task. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Um, I love that Fred and George in this scene are taking bets. Yes. Because <laughs> there is a big betting scene at the beginning of the book that we didn't get, but I liked how they, yeah. they brought that into it. Um, but Hermione comes to the tent to hug Harry and, of course, is caught by Rita Skeeter. She's everywhere. She's everywhere. Um, I love that Crumb kicks her out. Yeah. Crumb's like, you gotta go. <laughs> Which I don't think happens in the book, but... It... I don't even think she visits him no, before the first task. No, so But I like it because it kind of like sets the the groundwork for mm-hmm. him and Hermione. Um, but there's this little bag of dragons. So cute. <laughs> so cute. Um, I mean, this is a real Game of Thrones moment. Everything with these dragons. Just yeah. Remi- like, the mother of dragons. Yeah, the eggs, like all this stuff. Um, but of course, Harry gets the hungarian horn tail um but the know, worst of them all the worst of them all um but and that their their goal here is to collect the golden egg um because that golden egg will have the clue to the next to the next task um they don't ever explain in the movie how the scoring works for the triwizard tournament yeah it's like here's these tasks and you pass and that's about it yeah in the book they actually so dumbledore karkaroff and madame maxine am i forgetting anyone is it just the three of them i think so yeah they actually give out scores to each of the champions based on their their uh performance in each task so based on the scoring is where you kind of end up at the end of so i don't actually know how they ended up where they ended up in the movie it was just kind of like first second third and yeah based on how you do like it was weird but yeah there's actually scoring in the book well and i thought it was funny that they had the the headmasters of the school judging these yeah because i was like of course you're gonna like lowball the other ones right. and that's what karkaroff ends up doing he's totally. like four <laughs> why would you not get an impartial judge right so anyways <laughs> my uh, biggest note in this entire first challenge is why is this allowed? <laughs> yeah. Like, why is this the same? Remember when we were worried that people were dying? <laughs> right. Like, why did we think this was going to be the best one? Right. Um, so Harry's then ends up being the last one to go. Um, and he comes out and he gets knocked around a lot more mm-hmm. in the movie than he did in the book. In the book, he actually does this very quickly. Yeah. Um, so he figures out if he goes Accio Firebolt, his broom will come. And he can get on his broom. He can fly around, grab the egg. Here's my question that I pose to you. Why wouldn't you just say Accio golden egg? (laughs) (laughs) My guess is that there's counter curses. Like the the people who did the tournament probably put up like defenses against that. That would be my guess. You'd assume that. But like you wouldn't even try it? I guess not. Nobody thought to do that. (laughs) It's a great point. Here we are. That's what you would have done. That's what I would have done. <laughs> or, you know, Ascendio to the golden egg. <laughs> Let me just grab it real quick. Um, but anyway, so Harry gets on his broom and he flies around. In the movie, the horntail actually breaks its chain mm-hmm. and they go flying off out of the, you know, little tournament area. They fly around Hogwarts and destroy a bunch of, you know, shingles on the roofs. <laughs> and, and a bridge. And a bridge. And then the dragon, like, dies. Yeah. And I'm like, that's really sad. Why is this dragon dying for no reason? For just this tournament? It's hard to say. Yeah, but in the book, in the book, the dragon doesn't get off its chain. Like, doesn't do no, anything. No, Harry, like, confuses the dragon and then, like, leads it, like, to a different area. And then he can just, like, fly to the egg and, and grab it. It's right. very, like, lackluster in the book. Right. Um, but, yeah, so Harry flies back from, you know, dealing with the dragon, grabs the egg. One of my least 
favorite scenes of all Harry Potter's is right now. Um, so now everyone's like cool with Harry because he like, you know, got through the first task yeah. and they're like, okay, we like you now. And he's like on the shoulders of everyone and he's holding this egg and he's like, do you want me to open it? <laughs> Should I open it? And I'm like, oh my God, just open the egg. I, it makes me cringe every time I say this. Wait a second. I'm going to stop down here for a second. Not only did that bug me, everyone needs a dang haircut in this film. <laughs> I hate Harry's hair, Ron's hair, everyone's hair except Hermione's. It, it's awful. Yeah. In this entire movie. And I don't understand how no one got a haircut. During I this 100% time. agree with you. And I, I, I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> so anyways. But I also agree that was an annoying scene. You want me to open it? You know who wouldn't do that? Cedric. Cedric. <laughs> Cedric did not sit on, on everyone's arms. <laughs> Anyways, he opens the stupid egg and it starts screeching like crazy. Um, and at this point, this is where Ron and Harry make up in the movie. And I wrote, Ron comes groveling back. Yeah, he's like, oh, actually, you know, like, everyone thinks you're cool now. So, like. And, like, I helped you. Right. He's like, I totally helped you. He's like, how did you help me? He's like, well, I told Hermione to tell you that, that Seamus told me. That. And he's like, wait, what? <laughs> I just love how they added that yeah. into the movie. Um. One thing that we have not gotten at all that was in the book is spew. Mm. There's no spew in this entire movie. Yes, I was waiting for you to tell me when I could talk about spew. Uh, hold, please. It's further down in my notes. Sorry. That's okay. So spew. So long story short, as we mentioned earlier, um, there are elves that are mentioned in this in this book. Uh Winky and Dobby, who we've met before. Um, basically, Hermione finds out that... Uh, Elves are really extremely mistreated. They don't get paid. They have like really bad conditions and whatever. To everyone's uh, um, understanding, they actually like it the way that it is. <laughs> yeah. But Hermione is like adamant about changing things. So she actually creates um, what is called SPEW. It's the Society for the Promotion of Elfish Welfare. <laughs> and she tries to get everybody to sign on and she has these cute little pins and like, she's all about it. Um, but yeah, there's zero mention of this. Um, but it, it's a big thing because like Hermione is such an advocate for other people, including elves. Um, it was kind of bummed. I was kind of bummed that they didn't include it. Did I think it needed to be included? No, but it would have been interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They also have a whole chapter called house elves liberation front. Yeah. Like, it's a huge part Serious. of the book. Um, I just don't think they could have explained it quickly enough. <laughs> no. In the, in well, the and there's so much more tied to that. I mean, right. uh, there's really no good point to say this, but Dobby eventually shows up and come to find out that him and Winky have jobs at yeah. Hogwarts now. So now he yeah. works at Hogwarts. And he's like, has these cool clothes now. <laughs> yeah, he's a cool dude. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the next scene we get in the movie is they're in the Great Hall. And I love this because Harry's drinking some juice and he, um, you know, makes eyes with Cho again and just spills the juice out of his mouth. <laughs> like a moron. <laughs> like an idiot. <laughs> um, but this is where the Daily Prophet again comes out and says that Hermione is actually with crumb at this point mm -hmm. in the movie. Um, and Ron also gets a package at this point <laughs> where this actually happens at the very beginning of the book when we're at, when they're at the borough, but Ron's mom sends him his dress robes. So great. Which is just this hideous <laughs> robe with like lace and all of this. Frills. Stuff. Yeah. In the book they describe, or they go into detail about his mom picked him up from like basically a thrift, a thrift store from Diagon Alley because that's all they could afford. But she went and bought Harry these really nice ones because Harry has <laughs> money to right. do it with. Um, but yeah, I just, I 
love that they kept that in the movie. Same. Um, because he has to get ready for the Yule Ball. That's why they have their dress robes. Big news. <laughs> Big news. I love it in the book. It's called uh, The Unexpected Task. And it's about <laughs> him, them having to find dates. Um, but there's this whole scene of the dance lessons that's not in the book at all. But I loved it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, and Neville comes out and is just like this dancing savant. And I'm like, yes, Neville. Yes. Get it. Get it. Um, and I love this part because Harry and Ron are trying to find, you know, dates for this dates for the ball. And they keep asking, they're like, why do they travel in packs? <laughs> like you can never find a female just by herself. Yeah. And I'm like, that's so true. Like when we work together, we always went to the bathroom together yeah. and everyone was like, Oh, you guys are just always together. It's a full blown affair. It is. <laughs> Cause you don't want to get stuck in the hallway with someone that you don't want to talk right. to. You need an out. Um, but they don't, they don't talk right off the bat about how the champions must have dates because they have to open this, this dance, mm-hmm. you know, um, it, McGonagall says it later, but that's like a big stress for Harry. Yeah. Um, but there's also like no mention throughout the entire movie about how Ron fancies Floor. Yeah. Like he kind of has this crush on her throughout in the, the movie. No, in the book. Oh, in the book. In the book. It's a brief. They briefly Very mention brief, it, but yeah. it comes up quite a bit in the book <laughs> because he actually. They do talk about how he asked her, ends up asking her, and yeah. she just he like ran away. Um, but that comes up a lot more yeah. in the book. Another thing that's a little different. Um, Neville actually asks Hermione to the ball in the in the book. Oh yeah, um, and she has to you know respectfully decline because she already has a date mm-hmm. um and then harry uh, harry and ron end up finally asking parvati and lavender brown actually mm. in the book um lavender says she's already going with seamus and then parvati's like well i have a twin sister yeah. you can take her <laughs> and that's kind of how they end up taking them in getting the book. dates mm-hmm. but even before they get dates harry does end up running into cho at the owlery mm-hmm. um which isn't in the book that this is totally new um, it's like he does ask her in the book but it's in a does. different spot yeah um but she says that you know she actually got asked by somebody else and in the book she tells him at this point that it was Cedric and he like that fuels his fire even more against Cedric he actually hates Cedric a lot more in the book than it comes across in the movie um but (laughs) but so now he's like I don't have a date I don't know what to do um but yeah another thing that happens too you know because we find out that Hermione you know gets asked by someone and I love this point where Ron kind of turns to Hermione he's like well you're a girl like do you want to like go? And she's like, somebody already asked me. Thank you. But I was like, oh my gosh, these boys are so, I'm sure this is what all boys go through when they're asking girls to dance. Yeah. I can't imagine. <laughs> yeah. So now they're, <laughs> we're getting ready for the Yule ball and Ron is in his awful robes. In the book, he actually like takes off the lace, but it's all like frayed. Yeah. Like he, he just ends up making it worse. Well, and I think like in, comboed with his red hair, it's just a hot mess. It's bad. <laughs> it's bad. Um, but Harry's looking very dapper. You know, and then um, Ron, this is where Ron and Harry meet up with Padma and Pavarti because those are their their dates for the night. And then we get the really awkward champion's first date. (laughs) And then that's where we find out that, you know, Cho is with Cedric and that Hermione actually went with Crumb and she's just looking gorge. So pretty. Walking down in her, (laughs) on the steps in her Cinderella moment. Crazy that that like walking down the stairs scene isn't in the book. She just kind of like pops up and is like, oh yeah, I'm Crumb's date. Yeah. (laughs) It's amazing. Um, But we get to see the great hall and it's just a dream. Yeah. Like, it is so beautiful. Um, None of my dances look like that. No, no. Um, And Ron is just super jealous. 
super jealous of Crumb taking Hermione. And it's so, so sad. Um, but yeah, Harry's a horrible dancer. Um, I love that Filch is dancing with Mrs. Norris in yes. this scene. It is so great. And Ginny's with Neville. Just looking just so great. Um, and yeah, and this is the point where that the band starts playing. And it's very, like, rocker band. Yeah, I did not like that. No. Um, but yeah, I came to the conclusion that Ron and Harry are just terrible dates. Like, <laughs> awful dates. Um, their dates actually end up getting other dates during this. <laughs> um, but at this point, this is where Ron ends up telling Hermione that she's fraternizing with the enemy. Um, and just tells her that Crumb is using her. And then this is where she stands up for herself. And is like, well, next time, ask me before someone else does. Yes, girl. So, um, and then she goes and cries on the stairs, which is so sad. Uh, but I don't know if you noticed, there's also another girl crying on the stairs. Oh, this no. Film. Yeah, I'm like, oh, they just think that girls just go crying on <laughs> stairs. This is great. Please. But the next thing we get is Harry has another dream. Um, it's basically the same scene as that opening opening scene but that's just kind of a little side note that happens they don't go too much detail about it um but the next thing we get is cedric actually comes and tells harry how to get the clue out of the egg um and he says that he can you can use the prefect's bathroom and to take the egg with you and mull things over he's very vague about it yeah um but he ends up going into the bathtub um and this is where i said i was like okay harry i see you in the bathtub <laughs> um and it's this giant like willy wonka type bathroom bathtub yeah. it looks so great um and then moni myrtle's there just being the little pervert that she is i don't even know what a better like just a little creeper um but she does mention at this point in the in the movie she goes she says that there's polyjuice potion in the in the drains Mm -hmm. so she knows that somebody she thought it was harry that was using it so that kind of makes you think that someone is not who they say they are (laughs) um but then she tells me you know put it in the water and it ends up so he does that and it sings a clue the clue's a little bit different in the book and the movie but basically the same but then harry puts two and two together that there's probably something that has to deal with the mer people that are in the lake so after harry figures out the clue something happens in the book that gets totally written out of the movie that mm-hmm. is kind of a big scene in the book yeah so in the book he actually uses his invisibility cloak and the marauder's map to kind of make his way up to the uh the bathroom the Whatever. Uh, But on his way back, he actually ends up seeing the name Barty Crouch on the Marauder's map in Snape's office. And he's a little confused because he's like, at this point in the book, Barty Crouch has been missing for a while. No one really knows where he is. So it's, it's, he seems, you know, he's weirded out by that. He ends up actually slipping and loses his egg and the Marauder's map. Filch shows up out of nowhere because he's always lurking around. He sees the egg and he thinks it's Peeves, who we don't ever talk about, but he's a great character in the book. Um, Peeves the poltergeist. uh, He thinks it's him playing these jokes. Um, Snape and Moody show up. Um, Moody ends up saving Harry, very similar to how Lupin saved him in the last uh, book and movie. Um, And then Harry ends up actually telling uh, Moody... I, I saw Barty Crouch's name on the Marauder's map. And he's like, oh, that's weird and interesting. Why would he be here? Isn't he missing? And that's kind of a scene that we we miss from the movie. So, because then they just basically jump into Moody. They're in, the, they're in like the library trying to figure out this clue. And Moody comes in and he takes Ron and Hermione out and says that McGonagall and Dumbledore are looking for mm-hmm. you, which becomes important. Neville is also there. So Moody then tells them, tells them like, he should help you try to like put your books away. Come to find out that the book 
that Moody had given Longbottom actually had the clue to to figuring out how to do this second task, which was gillyweed. Yes. In the book, Neville is not who gives it to him. No. So while Harry is trying to figure out how to do this underwater task, he actually ends up falling asleep um, while trying to figure it out. He, he gets woken up by Dobby mm-hmm. um, like 10 minutes before the challenge is supposed to happen. And uh, Her- uh, Dobby is actually the one that tells him, hey, I found out about this gillyweed thing. Um, you should use it. <laughs> yeah, he overheard Moody and McGonagall yes, talking, talking about, about it. it. Yeah. Um, but hey, props to Neville. Give yeah. him some credit where you can. But also like Dobby. I know. <laughs> um, but at this point in the movie, there's no mention about crouch being quote-unquote ill in the book he kind of just you know percy ends up taking his place in like the judging he is not being he's not showing up to work percy's basically taken over his role in the ministry Mm -hmm. um which becomes again a huge part of the storyline that gets totally taken out in the movie but now in the movie we are at the second task and neville gives harry the gillyweed and they end up are they start this task in the middle of the lake in the movie or in the book it's like they start on shore mm-hmm. but for visual purposes I love that they put them in the middle of the lake um and they state that you know that there's something that each of the champions treasure is at the bottom of the lake that they have to go find in the in the book they talk about how there's like there's an hour long time you know a restraint that mm-hmm. they have to be back within an hour or these people are not gonna survive know, survive um so harry takes the gilly weed and he turns him into basically a fish he gives him gills and webbed feet and fins and all of that um and they dive in flora ends up getting attacked um and she ends up coming back up pretty quickly uh harry keeps you know swimming around and he sees ron hermione cho and flora's little sister in the water um there's no mention how it is in the book about how there's like tons of mer people and like yeah. the mer village <laughs> and the mer like city center like yeah. there's none of that the, the grindy lows become more important in the movie than in in the book <laughs> yeah so harry gets to them first but then cedric comes in he takes cho because harry's like having this moral dilemma of who to take um they're all his friends yeah and they tell him that you, you can only take one and then crumb comes in he takes her mind he's like all right i have one left um he ends up using his wand to like you know, get the string or the rope off of them. In the book, he ends up using like a rock or something. Yeah, like with a sharp edge. Yeah, I was like, the wand makes way more sense. <laughs> um, but so he, Harry ends up taking, because he knows that Floor, you know, went back up. So he ends up taking Ron and Floor's sister up. Um, he gets attacked. And then I have in my notes, he blasts his way out of there. <laughs> Ascendio. Yeah, that one. Um, that does not happen in the book. He just no. kind of swims up to the shore. Right. Or the surface. Uh, but they end up giving him second place, you know, for his morality and, <laughs> you know, you know, niceness, I guess, of saving both of them. Um, but I loved in the book, though, how they like, tell her like carrie you're so dumb like you really think they were just gonna let them die at the bottom of the lake like it said you had an hour but like you could have been first <laughs> um harry's been through a lot of trauma so he'll believe anything anyone tells him i mean him. i guess <laughs> um but then mr crouch is talking to harry at this point and he looks at you know he's kind of talking about the task and moody comes up and crouch looks at him very strangely and Moody does that little tongue thing and you can see Crouch like totally like freak out for a second and none of that happens in the book at all. Um, But they're walking through the forest now randomly with Hagrid 
And I'm not exactly sure why, but they end up finding Crouch just like there in the woods. And it happens very differently in the book, how they find Crouch. Yes. So in the book, Harry and uh, Crumb are out in the woods doing whatever. I don't even remember. Um, But they actually... uh, come across he's asking him about Hermione (laughs) oh that's right if they were actually dating or not so yeah they both see Crouch come out of the woods and he's like talking all sorts of nonsense and like isn't really sure like what's happening what day it is who he is what you know and uh so Harry gets the idea to like go get Dumbledore because he's like this is a little strange like I don't know why he's acting the way that he is he runs to get him uh to get Dumbledore runs into Snape um during this time Crumb gets stunned so when they get back uh he's you know basically immobilized um he he wakes or they wake him up and he says that Crouch actually attacked him. Um, and then Moody ha- Hagrid and Karkaroff come and like there's, it's like this whole ordeal. So, yeah. So we don't get this scene at all um, in, in the movie. It's just a very like, oh, he's in the woods and he's he <laughs> he's could be there. dead. He could be not dead. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but so Harry goes to Dumbledore's office um, to basically tell him what what they found. And he walks into Dumbledore, Moody, and Cornelius Fudge, you know, speaking with each other. And they leave Harry alone in 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 his office. And this is where he sees uh Dumbledore's little sinky thing. <laughs> and he looks into it and he basically falls into Dumbledore's memory. Mm-hmm. And in the mo- or in the book, we get like three different scenes. They kind of just combined it into one in the in the book or in the movie mm-hmm. which i was fine with but basically what we get is karkaroff is on trial he's giving names of other death eaters because karkaroff was a death eater and he's basically saying like let me go i will tell you who these other death eaters are and he names Siverus as being you know snape being one of them um and then he also talks about how barty crouch jr was actually the ones that tortured the Longbottoms. So we actually get more detail about Neville's parents in the book, which I was sad we didn't get in the I movie. Know. A big time because <clears throat> this will come up later in the, in the later books and movies, but Neville is a very important character in this series. Yeah. Um, it doesn't seem that way, but eventually he will be. So <clears throat> the fact that we don't really get kind of his backstory, the fact that his family were, you know, uh, similar to Harry's, like very mm-hmm. against Voldemort and the Death Eaters and all that, and they they're essentially now in a insane asylum because the um, the whatever you know Barty Crouch Jr. did to them caused them to go basically insane. Yeah, they so, don't even know who Neville is, right? Which is so sad. It's like you almost would rather them be dead than not know who yeah. you are. And- well, and they they mentioned in the book how Harry's like, oh crap, like how have I been with this kid for almost four years now and never even asked him why he lives with his grandma? Because like, you're a yeah, jerk. Yeah, Harry. <laughs> like, it's always about you. Right. But, so I love that we got that in the book and was sad that we didn't get it in the movie. Yeah. Um, but Harry comes, or Dumbledore ends up walking in on Harry and he tells him, you know, what what those were, those memories that he saw. And that's this is where Harry tells Dumbledore about his dream and, you know, about his scar burning and... He knows, because he now knows, since Harry saw Crouch, Crouch's son in Dumbledore's memory, that that is who he's been seeing in his dreams. Right. So he's putting two and two together 
in the movie, I guess, at this point. Yeah. Um, so, but as he's leaving, they run into Karkaroff leaving Snape's office. And Snape ends up thinking that Harry's the one that stole the gillyweed out of his office. And he also threatens him with this truth juice potion stuff. to serum. Yes, <laughs> that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, he, and this is where Snape also says that if anything else gets stolen for Harry to make more polyjuice potion, he's going to get him basically suspended. So again, we get the idea that someone in here is making polyjuice potion and is not who we think they are. Hint, hint. Right. (laughs) So, but now we're at the third task. Um, In the book, the families all come to visit. Mm -hmm. And I love that Mrs. Weasley and is it Charlie? No, Bill Bill come, come to visit Harry this day. But we didn't get that at all in the movie. So we get the details that Moody has hidden the cup the Triwizard Cup inside this maze. And they say basically the first one to this cup is the winner. Uh, we get a picture of this maze and it is huge. Yeah. In the book, it's just on the Triwizard or it's on the Quidditch field. It's not that big. No. <laughs> <laughs> but it is massive. Um, but again, like I said earlier, there's no creatures in this maze at all. In the book, there's these different creatures that they will face, um, including something that gets totally written out are the, what are they, the scutes? The blast-ended scroots? Yes. Yes. They're, they raise those through the entire book and they get written out in the movie. Yeah. There's actually a lot of um, school stuff that happens in this book that yeah. gets written out. And that's partly kind of the stuff that we really didn't necessarily need, but it adds color and I like it. And yeah, that's one of the um, tasks or the uh, things that they cover in Hagrid's class. Yeah. And, (laughs) and one, before they go into the maze, Cedric's dad comes down and he's just like, he's so proud of his son. And I'm just like, Oh my God, I know what happens. Like, this is so (laughs) sad. Um, But Harry ends up entering, um, he enters the the maze and as as it's closing in on him uh you know moody's like pointing him in the right direction which i'm like everyone cheats like this is crazy (laughs) um but did this scene not remind you of the freaking shining man yeah why do we keep going back to the shining i feel like everything references that in a way i did read that i guess uh that Stephen King has come out and said he's a huge J.K. Rowling fan. Mm. So I think I, that she kind of had some influence of, you know. She had an that. ode to him. So which I was like, you did it. <laughs> you did it. Um, but Floor is not okay. She screams really quickly. And we come to find out that <coughs> that Crumb um, has attacked her. Yeah. Um, and we find out really quickly in the movie that Crumb is like, his eyes are all glazed over. Like he's been something's not okay right. okay with him um because crumb finds harry but then he lets harry go um which you're like all right you attack the female right like what's going what's on what's the here? deal there um but harry ends up throwing up the red sparks to get floor out of there um it very much must reminded me of like the cannons in hunger games <laughs> you know when <laughs> yeah. somebody dies yeah, like yeah. you're the cannons um but harry sees the cup and he ends up getting attacked by crumb at this point in in the movie um then cedric comes and he's attacked by crumb and then harry says to let him go because he's being bewitched like it all just happens very like quickly in the Mm -hmm. in the movie and in the book there's like so much other stuff that happens yeah so like you mentioned there's the blast-ended scroots that he has to get through um crumb actually uses the crucio curse on cedric um harry uses stupefy to kind of stop crumb yeah i like that one but it doesn't actually work uh because 
they basically have to do it together to for the power to be like extra. Um, and then Cedric sends red sparks in the air for Crumb. So Crumb is actually eliminated from the, the challenge at this point in the in the book. Um, Harry meets a sphinx, like you mentioned earlier, who has a riddle for him that he has to solve. Uh, I won't go into the riddle. It's pretty long. But the answer to the riddle is spider. So he says spider and um, he's he's. Um, He's allowed to continue on to the maze. Uh, then at one point, a big spider comes barreling through and <laughs> attacks Cedric. Um, the spider at one point grabs Harry. Uh, they both... Oh, this... I'm sorry. This is where they both do stupefy to stupefy the um, uh, the spider so that they can get away. Uh, so yeah, that's all things that happen that are completely taken no. out in the movie. Yeah, because at this point in the movie, like... Cedric, or they both end up seeing the cup at the same time. Um, but then, like, Cedric starts getting taken by the maze itself, mm-hmm. um, which doesn't happen in the book. So then Harry helps Cedric. And then so they're both kind of looking at the cup and they're like, you take it. No, you take it. In the book, there's actually a lot more. You take it. No, you take it. I was it. like, no, can, take it. can someone take it, Somebody please? Somebody take it. So <laughs> then, but they end up deciding like they did in the book that they will take it together. Well, come to find out full circle, the cup has been turned into a port key and it transports them to a graveyard. Dun, dun, dun. So now Harry and Cedric are in this graveyard and in walks Wormtail who is Peter Pettigrew from mm-hmm. the last movie and book um, and baby Voldemort. I have itty bitty Voldemort. Ew, I just can't. <laughs> itty bitty Voldy. Yeah. <laughs> itty bitty Voldy. That should have been the title of this episode. Um, but he tells him to kill the spare who is Cedric Ugh. and Cedric is no more. So sad. So sad. So sad. It's I remember so the necessary. first time I like, obviously when you're reading it, it, it's, it's powerful. But then like the first time you see it, like in the movie, you're just like, huh? My heart. Um, But at this point, Wormtail drops baby Voldemort into the cauldron. And I loved in the book how Harry's like, I hope it drowns. (laughs) Just let it drown. Just let it drown. Um, But he goes in, but Wormtail starts talking. I think it was Wormtail. Someone Mm -hmm. starts talking saying that you need the flesh of the servant, which ends up being Wormtail's hand. Mm -hmm. So he cuts off his hand, puts it in this cauldron, and then he needs the blood of his enemy, which is Harry. Mm -hmm. In the book, there was like a lot more blood. Here yeah. it was like a finger prick, kind of. He also <laughs> mentions that you need the bone of the father unwillingly yes. um, given, which they take out of the grave. Because we are at the Riddle graveyard yes. from the beginning of the movie. Yes. So and the book. He, that is where... Whose bone do they take? Tom Riddle's dad. Yes. <clears throat> and they start talking... And everyone has dad issues. They start yeah. talking about dads. <laughs> um, but the Dark Lord rises. And it's really gross. Like, <laughs> it's like baby Voldemort like grows into like this like alien thing and it's really gross until it's epic you know what i mean i'm like oh god and then it's like he's back (laughs) and then it's just and it's awesome uh but then he calls upon his death eaters and he calls them out and he's like bros where have you been where have you been (laughs) like what the heck and i'm not mad at him for Mm -hmm. it i'm like yeah like uh i've been waiting for you guys to come help me and yeah. everybody ran away. But he does name Crab and Goyle, which is presumably Crab and Goyle's dads. Right. Um, and Lucius Malfoy at this point. In addition, um, in the book, he mentions the Lestrange family as well. Um, that is a uh, little tidbit for the next movie. <laughs> okay, remind me in 7,000 pages. <laughs> um, but he ends up giving Wormtail uh, a silver hand, just like he did in the book as well. Um 
And he goes, Voldemort starts talking about how Harry's mom used old magic to protect him. And then the love made it so he couldn't touch him. But one of the most epic, you know, phrases or quotes in this movie is, but I can touch you now. Mm. Oh, that gives you chills. Quick question. Mm -hmm. Similar to your um, egg question. Why does Wormtail have to wait for Voldemort to give him a hand? Can't he just like create his own hand? You'd think, right? (laughs) Like, you have so much magic. Like, right. do things yourself. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> um, but then he presses on Harry's scar and he, like, it's like this is in- excruciating. excruciating pain. Thank you. Um, and he's like, let's duel. <laughs> like, I don't want to kill you. Like, let's, like, make this interesting. He's like, let's have fun. <laughs> but I was also like, oh, what if he didn't? What if he just killed him? Like, we wouldn't have had four more books. Mm, you know. That would have been interesting. <laughs> um, but so they start dueling and it's basically exploring. Expelliarmus mm-hmm. versus Ava Kedavra, and the spells collide. Which, like, those two spells should not counteract each no. other. No, <laughs> no. But but going back to what I said last episode, why wouldn't that be the first? Like, you want to disarm someone? Yeah. yeah, that's what I would go to first. When I was reading it, I was like, oh look, Hannah yeah, was right. Yeah, that's first. Thing, but <laughs> but Voldemort went straight for the kill, which is also like, if that's where you want to get to. Sure. Yeah. Um, but those spells collide. It ends up creating this giant golden cage. And it's a lot more drawn out in detail than the book. But this Harry spell ends up kind of overpowering Voldemort. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I'm glad they I'm glad they did this the way they did in the movie, then how it was described in the book. Um, Cedric and the caretaker and Harry's parents basically end up coming out of Voldemort's um wand. In the book, it's like Voldemort's wand is like birthing Cedric and the caretaker. <laughs> They're like an arm pops out oh and God. then a body and then it falls down. Like it's like going through the birth canal of the wand. Um, the thing that you're mentioning is called uh, priori incantatum. Yeah, um, basically it's the reverse spell effect. Um, <laughs> when, so which is interesting because when we talked about our wands, mm-hmm. they come from the same feather. So when two wands come from the exact same bird's feather, mm-hmm. Phoenix's feather, um, they can, they have this um, ability that one wand can force the other to regurgitate the spells that were just, you know, from, from most recent to last. That's why it's like spewing out Cedric and the guy (laughs) and his parents. It's birthing. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Um, But actually they come out and they are able to protect Harry and they say, you know, hold on as long as you can and we will be able to protect you for a few minutes. And Cedric's like, take my body back for my my dad. Um, So that's what he does. He basically grabs you know, he lets go, he grabs Cedric, grabs a port key, and he leaves. He goes, and he's back at the entrance of the maze. Um, and Harry's like, he's, he, you know, he's in front of all these people, which in the, in the book, he's kind of not at the entrance where everybody mm. is. There aren't as many people around in the book. Um, but in the movie, he's in front of basically the entire crowd with Cedric's dead body. And he's like, he's back. Voldemort's back. And... You know, and Crumb is there too at this point in the movie. And in the book, Crumb basically like left right yeah. after this. He's like, gotta go. Gotta go. <laughs> um, but Moody at this point ends up dragging Harry away, which happens in the book as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so now they're back in at Moody's office. And it's important in the book, they they say, you know, Dumbledore told him to stay there. Mm-hmm. And Moody ends up taking, he's like, no, Dumbledore t- told me to stay. So at that point, if you hadn't figured it out already, 
Moody, the defense against the dark arts teacher, it's them again. <laughs> I will I will say I appreciated that they didn't blame Snape this entire time. Yes, they did make mention of it a couple times in the in the book. But not as much. <laughs> but important to note, to your point, because Dumbledore told Harry to stay and he didn't, that triggered Dumbledore in the book to be like, something's wrong. Right. So that's where uh, he figures it out. So Moody starts... starts uh, asking Harry about the Dark Lord. And he's like, what was he like? What was he saying about the Death Eaters? Did he take them back? And very like, not not what you would be asking at, right. that, at that point. Um, and at this point, Moody is starting to change. Like his body's changing. And whatever was in his flask, which is Polyjuice Potion, mm-hmm. he's out of it. He had been taking it the entire time. And Moody... tells Harry that he's been giving him clues this entire time and he's who put Harry's name in the goblet of fire and he's who led him to the graveyard you know and at this point Dumbledore walks in as well Snape is there and he's still he's still in the form of Moody at this point and Snape pours in the truth potion and he (laughs) <laughs> and he ends up telling him that the real Moody is in the trunk, right. which he was screaming earlier. <laughs> um, and and then at this point, this is where he turns into Barty Crouch Jr., who has been pretending to be Moody this entire time. Yeah. Um, kind of what happens in the book, for the most part. You learn a little bit more once he, he drinks the uh, Veritas Serum. So basically what we find out is he did get um, banished to Azkaban, um, like th- the memory showed, um, except when he was in Azkaban, his buddy senior starts feeling bad for him. So they devise a plan where he drinks Polyjuice Potion, turns into his mom. His mom turns into him. She takes uh, over for him in Azkaban and eventually dies in, in Azkaban. That's why they say that he died mm-hmm. um then barty senior lets barty jr come to the world cup because he's under the imperial curse at this point so he feels like he can control jr um he actually ends up trying to you know he starts figuring out how to resist the the imperial curse um barty senior finds uh jr in the woods when he finds winky he actually sees him um but doesn't say anything so we get the feeling that senior's trying to cover for him this entire time in the book where mm-hmm. in the movie it was like he hated him from the get-go right. wanted nothing to do with him um another uh, uh thing that he mentions is that voldemort actually came for barty jr um and then they put C- uh barty senior under the imperial curse that's why he was acting all weird and strange and didn't know what was going on um senior was supposed to be under wormtail's control but wormtail being an idiot like didn't wasn't paying attention and he escaped and then eventually barty jr killed barty senior <sighs> so this book did something that i hate in all books. And I wish authors would stop doing this. Well, first there's three giant reveals at the, at the end of this book, mm-hmm. which is too much for me. Yeah. Like you got the Voldemort thing with yeah. Cause in the book, there's a lot more described about mm-hmm. what happened oh, yeah. to get Voldemort to where he is. Then there's this, this Barty crouch or first, then there's this moody thing about how he got Harry and all this stuff. And then there's this whole or Barty crouch. And I'm like, this is a lot. Not to mention Ludo Bagman. Right. <laughs> And then there's three different times in the book where Harry is then re-describing what has happened. Mm-hmm. And stuff gets repeated yeah. over 
and over. I'm like, I know. I literally just read a whole entire chapter of what happened <laughs> while it was happening. Yeah. And now I have to listen to somebody else describe what just happened. Yeah. And I understand that that's kind of how the storylines go. But understand, like, as a reader, I don't need to reread what I just read. Well, if it's a 700-page book, maybe you forgot. <laughs> <laughs> well, but it's not even. It was like... Three chapters ago. It was just like, I mean, when I I get to page 675, I'm like, we're done. We don't need to keep describing this. But, I mean, it all (laughs) comes together. Um, But, so they end up, you know, everyone figures out where everyone is. They end up pulling the real Moody out of the trunk, you know, because he's been trapped there the whole Mm -hmm. time. Um, And also at this point, Padfoot is back. Yeah, he came back. We we forgot to mention there's this whole scene in the book where Harry, Ron, and Hermione end up going to visit him in a cave. Yes, where Sirius has been this whole time. Um, <laughs> so he's been close by just in case anything happens. Anything happens. So now Dumbledore is letting him back into the castle to basically keep guard over Harry mm-hmm. while he's recovering. Um, but the next thing we get in the in the movie is Dumbledore is speaking to the school, and he basically says, you know the ministry doesn't want me to tell you this because in the book, there's a whole chapter about, was it the, the great divide or something or parting of ways Mm -hmm. where basically at this point in the book and really the movies, the ministry is wanting one thing and Dumbledore and the school are wanting two completely different things. The ministry wants to cover this up. Like it didn't happen. And the school's like, no, we need to be truthful with what's happening and protect these kids. It's foreshadowing for the next book. Right. Because we really dive into it next book. And so Dumbledore's telling the school, like, Cedric was killed by Lord Voldemort. And the ministry doesn't want you to know that, but it would be disrespectful to Cedric's honor if we Mm -hmm. didn't tell you what actually happened. So, sad. But that's kind of how it happens in the book as yeah. well. Um, and then Dumbledore speaking to Harry privately. And he apologized for putting Harry in that danger. Um, but he tells Harry that, he, you know, he's not alone here. You know, everyone's got his back. <laughs> um, but now he's leaving. Now they're leaving Hogwarts. Crumb asks Harry or Hermione to write him. In the book, he actually asks her to come visit. But it's kind of sad that never, like, came to fruition. <laughs> I think there's mention of it in the next one, briefly. <laughs> um, but Florence of kissing Ron goodbye. Um, and then Hermione says, you know, everything's about to change, isn't it? And you're shaking your head and you have that little smirk like you know that it is. Because <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yep. Um, but the ships sail away and the carriages fly away. And that's how the movie ends. Yep. The book ends with them again on at King's Crossing with Uncle Vernon and, and whatnot. Yeah. But. One important thing to mention, um, Ron tells Harry that uh, he asked Dumbledore if, if Harry could come straight to their house. And Her- Dumbledore insists that Harry goes back to the Dursleys. There's a very good reason. I don't know if we want to bring it up here or later, but there's there's a good We will reason. do it later because I have no idea what it is. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, um, which means it right. hasn't been revealed yet. <laughs> Right. Um, but yeah, the, the book basically ends with them on the train. Um, they talk about how uh, Rita was an animagus. Um, and then they do this like weird thing with Draco, Goyle, and Crab where they uh, attack them and, and basically make them feel like crap. Um, and then Harry actually, because you do get winnings from winning the uh, Triwizard mm. Tournament, he actually ends up giving his winnings to Fred and George because another plot line in the book oh, yeah. was the uh, Weasley Wizards Wheezes, which is a exact, essentially a, um, a business venture that Fred and George are going <laughs> yes. on. So Harry gives them his money so that they can actually go and do what it's it is It's a great investment. Want. 
great investment. Um, yeah, so a couple things left out. We already mentioned Spew. Ludo Bagman was a big role. Um, I mentioned Weasley's Wizard Wheezes. Um, and then more than anything, the the fact that Dobby and Winky are, are now employed yeah. at Hogwarts. So, um, yeah, I mean, lots, lots left out. <laughs> lots changed. So <laughs> if we're talking about did the movie stay true to the book, I mean, the grand scheme of the thing, there was the Triwizard Cup and Voldemort comes back. Does it happen? Yes. Did we miss a ton of things? Yes, but we got to the same ending. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I feel like uh, the last couple of ones, it's been like, yeah, the plot line's pretty much the same in terms of yeah. these are the main things that happen, but a lot a lot does get cut out, which is a big gripe that most Harry Potter fans have with yeah. the movies. So, book or movie? Book. This is my favorite book. <laughs> Granted, I haven't reread the other ones right. yet, but book. <laughs> I don't even know. I, I mean, I think I would want to go with the book, but I got so exhausted by the end of it, mm. and I hated the explanations at the end just it was so like it was repetition and it was so exhausting by the end of it because there was so much and now watching the movie like there was so much in the book that just didn't need to be there (laughs) like it really didn't like it added to it um so i think i I, i'm shocking myself right now because this is the book the movie that i thought i hated the most (laughs) but i think i'm gonna go with the movie on this one i do think that you get the the gist of everything in the movie. They do a good job of kind of rounding out all the main facts that you need to know um, in this movie. And it it is it is a good movie because you start getting the attraction between the boys and the girls, and like it's a little bit more grown up. Um, it's you know we're growing with these kids right. essentially, uh, which is cool. But I still got to go with the book. Split decision. Split decision. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's it for this one. Make sure to hit subscribe on your podcast app. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and give us a rating and leave us a review. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Boovie Girls. You can also email us at theboovygirls at gmail.com. And like we mentioned earlier, we are on Patreon. We have a couple of levels for you. Our rom-com level gets you the episodes at least 24 hours in advance. You also get access to our Karen reviews. Then we've got our drama level, which gets you everything I already mentioned. You also get a sticker for joining you get a quick shout out in a future episode and you also get access to our after credits party episodes to become a patron all you have to do is go to patreon.com forward slash the movie girls and in 2021 our goal is to have some patreon exclusive content yeah some good content yeah we're gonna have some of our series that you can you know the books that have become series are gonna live on our patreon so you want to get get onto that before that before we get going yeah Next week, uh, all right, it's Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Correct. This is a long freaking book. It's the longest book. Yep. Are you ready? <sighs> no, it's going to take me so long. And take a day or two, mentally prepare yourself, and then we'll get going. I'm scared of it. You'll be okay. I'm scared of it, it especially just because of how, like, it's getting more complicated, man. Yeah. I liked back when I liked first year. That Spo- was easy. Spoiler alert. Um, the next book and movie have has one of my least favorite characters in this entire mm. series. So anyway, thanks for listening. And remember, don't judge a book by its movie. Bye. Bye.